0: Me. Hey there, video game fans. I'm Ben Bertoli, and this is Memory Card. We want to thank our patrons, everyone who supports the show, for allowing us to do some bonus content. Today, I am bringing you a special guest who has never been on the show before. We have the pleasure of having Drew Maniscalco here, the creator of a fun little beat-em-up that you might know of named Ninja Baseball Batman. How are you, Drew? How are you doing? Ben,
1: thank you uh, for having me. I'm doing fine. Thank
0: you. Yeah, I hope you're staying busy. Yeah,
1: always busy. Always busy.
0: I'll be honest, and uh, I'll say that I wasn't aware of Ninja Baseball Batman until recently when I saw that someone posted about a Kickstarter for a new comic that's also based on the series. And I can't believe that it took me this long to find that game because, you know, it's so like wacky and colorful. The characters are so fun in like a cool 90s sort of way. So now I'm, I'm just kind of hoping I can get my hands on it sometime in the future. I'm not
1: sure about that. I'm not sure that that will happen. Uh, I mean, anything's possible today for sure. Um, but I'm not surprised that you didn't hear about it. Uh, most of the world has never heard of it.
0: Yeah, that's true. It's a little obscure, but it seems to definitely have its fans out there. Um, I've seen quite a few people on like forums and you know on social media raving about it, and you know I think a lot of people consider it one of those uh, hidden gems from the arcade era, especially you know the later arcade era. I'm really interested to hear how you came up with these characters. What what's your background on gaming? Were you into video games before you worked on them, or was that something that you kind of picked up along the way?
1: Well, I started my video game career with actually Nintendo in Redmond, Washington oh, okay. Uh, in 1987, uh, right before the consumer business went crazy. And so I was with the Coinop division and I was working for a gentleman by the name of Frank Ballou. Mm-hmm. Uh, Frank was the sales manager. Uh, actually, he was with Atari many years ago. And so he had a really great history and uh, we grew up as neighbors in New Jersey. And he had an opening, so he asked if I was interested. And so I flew out to Seattle, Washington, and I started working for Nintendo. Um, As the business started to shift from coin up to consumer at Nintendo, Frank decided to go and open his own company, which was called FabTech. And I went to work for Frank at FabTech. So that was my intro to the business. And when I was at FabTech, uh, we were approached by Iram who wanted an o- Iram Japan who wanted to open an office in Redmond Washington and uh, they came to Frank Ballou and and said hey do you know anybody who could set up this office for us and frank said sure Drew and I will do it <laughs> so we had fabtech and we also had iram uh, products and one day i was reading about uh, it was 1991 And I was reading about the box office hits of that time. And it was about how Batman, uh, Ninja Turtles were really dominating the box office. And I was just sitting there thinking, wow, you know, these fictional characters are creating all of this uh, success. Um, Maybe, maybe I should try to create my own character. Ah. And uh, so I grabbed a pencil and I started to draw and. The next thing I know, uh, you know, I had this character. The way I set it up then was I was looking at, okay, what do I need to create a character? Mm -hmm. So I needed a weapon (laughs) and I needed a costume, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's how I went about formulating my superhero. So the first thing that came to me was a baseball bat. There was a movie many years ago called Walking Tall. Uh, which was a box office hit. It was a low budget movie, but it featured a sheriff who basically kept everybody in line with a, a large stick, but it looked like a baseball bat. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so I figured, all right, well, you know, that will be my weapon and this he'll be able to defend himself and he'll be able to, you know, put a hurt on his enemies. And so I had the the baseball bat as I was sitting there, I was thinking, Okay, baseball bat. Who would use a baseball bat? A baseball player. <laughs> hey, what a concept! So right. So now I have a baseball player and a bat, and you know, it, and I knew that Japan was wild about baseball, mm-hmm. so I figured, okay, I really have to kind of contour it towards something that the programmers are going to like. So I had baseball and bat. Ninja happened to be a uh, very hot property at that time it sounded cool people were using (laughs) it on everything so i figured okay ninja baseball he's a baseball player he uses a bat and he's a man so (laughs) ninja baseball batman made sense to me
0: yeah man i can't believe that 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 character came together not necessarily so easily for you but you know it seems like the kind of thing that people would have as a thought, and then they would just go, eh, you know, like, what are the odds anyone's going to, you know, want this or this is going to take off. But the fact that you actually, like, got it to be put into production as a video game, that's like, a, that's like my dream, I feel like. <laughs> the dream of many people. Ben,
1: Ben, I have to, I, I have to tell you. It, well, after the podcast, I'll send you my original drawing. Just as you said, I figured, OK, this is going nowhere, but I'm, I'm going to take a shot. So I sent the fax to uh, Japan and no one was more shocked than I was when I received the fax back stating, hey, the programmers love this. They want you to develop it. Wow. Yeah. No kidding. I was like, wow, this is like, this is just crazy, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so then that's when the development aspect of it really kind of kicked in.
0: So did you initially send them like an entire pitch document with ideas for bad guys and levels, or was it just a, here's a basic outline and here's my main guy? Well, I did
1: exactly that. I started out with the main guy. And then when they said to develop it, then I put together the storyline of uh, these thieves breaking into, or the enemies breaking into the Hall of Fame uh, and stealing these uh, items And then the adventure would be that Ninja Baseball Batman would have to travel cross country and pick up or retrieve the stolen items.
0: Hmm. Now, I'm sure you've been asked this in the past. Was there any kind of like uh, worry that there was going to be legal problems with Batman? You know, there's a space in there, but Batman is very popular at the time.
1: Yes. Um, I looked at it as Ninja Baseball Bat man <laughs> but warner brothers didn't didn't seem uh to think that way uh and and it and it did cause not really a problem i mean in the sense that when i filed for the trademark uh they came back and this is after the fact because iron had already made the game as ninja baseball batman oh wow yeah so years later. Uh, you know, when I started to notice that this was still the Ninja Baseball Batman characters were, you know, on Google Images and people were sending, you know, doing fan art. And, mm-hmm. and I'm like, wow, this is like crazy, you know? So I, I had a, I figured, okay, well, I have to go and archive this stuff. And so I went to GoDaddy to get a website. And actually, somebody was spotting the name. So I had to wait for them for it to expire, and then I was able to go and get the name Ninja Baseball Batman for my website. Now, the thing about Warner Brothers is, just as you mentioned, it, it became problematic because, obviously, they're contending that there's confusion. If somebody were to just see Ninja Baseball Batman, they might think that it had something to do with Batman. And, mm-hmm. and I I totally get that. I, I, I do. I totally get it. Um, And I understand why they uh, opposed my uh, request to uh, trademark the name. Um, So I'm okay with it. Uh, You know, I still have my website up. Um, You know, people know it by that name. But I must say, when you get an email and it says uh, defendant and you're the defendant against Warner Brothers, it's it's pretty it's an uneasy feeling. And like i said they've been very cool they they haven't said to me hey we want you to take your website down um and you know let's face it bat ninja baseball batman is no batman i mean there's no <laughs> there's no comparison um right but, you know so uh you know i want to go on record and say that we have nothing to do with batman all you have to do is take a look at the characters and you'll see that there's. Uh, other than the yeah.
0: title
1: and and that's why Ninja Baseball Spirits is Spirits and not Ninja Baseball Batman.
0: Right. Yeah. The that's the name of the comic. Right. That's that's being crowdfunded. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's fun. I think it's a fun way to pose the character's name in that way that um, you know gets people interested. They they want to look into it. You know, like is it Batman? You know, I know that probably wasn't your intent, but it's. I think it's a fun kind of play on words almost.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I would have loved to have been able to come up with,
0: you know, two words, um, you know, like, like,
1: you know, Mega Man, mm-hmm. Superman, Bomberman. Yeah. yeah. that Yeah. That would have been great. It, it, and, and when I had four, you know, like ninja baseball, I mean, that's a mouthful. Right. So I was worried that that would, wouldn't be cool. And, you know, and, and here we are 30 years later and, you know, we're still talking about it. So, uh,
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It really is a fun thing for me.
0: Yeah, and I mean, even in the mid '90s, I feel like there was a lot of uh, prefixes that were attached, especially to fighting games, like Super, Hyper, you know, Street Fighter Remix, that kind of thing. So I think it's kind of a product of its time, but it definitely fits, and it and it kind of you know evokes thoughts of the uh, the early to mid '90s. I would say. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. All right. So back on track here. Was it originally thought of? to be a beat-em-up game or was it going to be some other type of game initially?
1: Right. So as a kid growing up, uh, Super Mario was my favorite game mm-hmm. without a doubt. And so my idea was to have the game as a one player with just Ninja Baseball Batman. As and his name was Mickey because growing up I was a Yankees fan and Mickey Mantle was my <laughs> hero. So he was going to be Mickey. And it was going to be an adventure game.
0: Oh, I see. So, so whose idea was it to switch it to being a beat 'em up? Was that uh, Irem Japan's idea? Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, when we were developing the storyline,
0: uh, at
1: that time there were other four-player games that were coming out in the arcades, and they were all top-earning games. So, you know, they said to me, "Hey, look, you know, a one-player game is not going to be able to compete with four-player stations." So we really yeah. need to develop this into a four-player game, and so that's what we did.
0: Very interesting. So you went from just the one player. Um, now there's four players, and you know, I, I did a little digging before the interview, and they're all named after specific uh, actual real-world baseball players. Correct? Yes. Jose, uh, Roger, Straw, and then one. I'm not sure. sure. Rhino How, was Rhino. That's right.
1: Yeah. So. Uh, that was a case of trying to make the content relatable to potential players. And it just so happened that that year, those four players were probably the four all-stars or superstars of that year. Ah. So, yeah, so that's really kind of how that came about. Just trying, because I'm not sure how many people would have in 91 would have remembered Mickey Mantle. (laughs) So again, I'm trying to be relatable to the potential customer Mm -hmm. uh, who might play this game. And so that's why the characters were named the way they were. Gotcha. For the all stars or superstars of that year.
0: So if those are the heroes, then who is the main antagonist? Who did you pit them up against in this in this original arcade game?
1: Uh, Well, it's actually Babe Ruth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the story after they pick up all the, uh, the souvenirs or the uh, relics, uh, they have a major battle at Yankee Stadium against uh, the ghost of Babe
0: Ruth. Oh, wow. Uh, that's how we get our way from the beginning to the end. Man, I I got to put a spoiler tag on this for all the people out there. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty crazy, that's for sure. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I mean, I watched some footage of, you know, beating up like baseball robots and, uh, you know, all sorts of different environments and things like that. So when this game came out, how did it do, you know, on the Japanese market and the America market? You know, what was what was the general feeling that people had?
1: Well, we we brought like 50 units into the United States Mm -hmm. and the way games work, they still work that way today. The games come in, they go out on test and then based on the test results, we'll determine how many to order and how many sales will be made. Um, It just so happened that Ninja baseball Batman was a total failure. Oh no. Yeah. Total. I mean, terrible. You know, a lot of the fans love the fact that it's a, you know, they love the colors, they love the characters, they love the enemies. There's a lot to love about the game. The problem is they're not buying the game. The operator who puts the game in the location, he's looking at it from a business standpoint. Mm. So he's concerned about what's my return on investment for this game. And there was no return on investment because the earnings were so low. In comparison to other four-player games, um, that the games were returned and ultimately, I, I, I want to say less than I don't know, maybe less than twenty remained in the United States. The rest were either returned and you know shipped back to uh, Japan, um, mm. you know. But the game did have an audience uh, in Asia and Jap- um, oh, you know, yeah, in China and uh, Korea actually, where hmm. the game was somewhat popular. I mean, it sold collectively, it sold over a thousand units and only 50 of those or less than 50 were sold in
0: the United States. Hmm. So do you think it was an issue of difficulty? Was it just something that most casual players walking into the arcade just couldn't get through enough of the game and therefore they, they gave up on it despite its you know, fun look and, and cool characters?
1: Th- that's my theory. I, I really do believe uh, that the the game was very difficult to play um and you the other day we were talking about mame mame for i'm sure you know
0: mm-hmm. the multiple arcade machine emulator yeah yeah so when you
1: download the game you can play
0: non-stop forever for free
1: and so you're able to get through stage 1 and now you can't wait to see what's in stage 2 and when you're in the arcade and it's 1991 and you're a kid with like five bucks and you put a quarter in a game and you can't get through it after 75 cents, three plays, you say, you know what, I'm going to go and play something that I'm going to get a little bit more time. And what's a better value to me as the customer? And I, I really right. believe that it was very difficult uh, for the American player.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's too bad because a lot of those, uh, even the, especially the beat em ups, you know, like uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, they brought that to the Super Nintendo. I think there was a Genesis version as well. It was a little bit different. It's too bad that um, they didn't decide to, you know, port it over to a, a home console where people could have unlimited lives and things like that. I'm sure that's something that you've thought about in the past as well. But was there any talk of that?
1: Yeah, there was actually. I had a, a, a contract. Um, I was going to get $0.25 cents per cartridge. And so yeah, I was real excited about them. It. Like, it's going to be great. Um, and then I received a letter. <laughs> I received a letter from Iron uh, Japan that basically said, um, hey, um, I hate to break this to you, but we lost money on the original Coin-Op version and we have no plans to go forward with a console release. Mm. And um, And then we set up a termination agreement where um, all of the rights to the characters were returned to me. Oh, I see. And they still have the rights to the character for that particular game. So that was kind of our, our parting. Um, you know, they paid me a royalty for the games that we did sell and it was very amicable and, and, and I would love to see it released uh, as a home console even though I, I'm not going to benefit
0: at all but I think it would, yeah. I would love to see it. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the Nintendo Switch has a lot of like arcade classics that get released um, in the eShop and a lot of them, I feel like, kind of come out of, uh, you know, left field. I'm like, wow, I haven't thought about this game, you know, in a long time. And, it, and, and I don't think it had that big of an audience, you know, back in the day. So there's still hope, I guess. Um, is Irem is still like kicking, right? Or have they been bought by anybody or...
1: Yeah, you know, it's it's an interesting situation. Um, it's not the Irem, obviously, that that I was with 30 years ago. Um, mm-hmm. And so they've changed quite a bit. Um, I, I believe right now they're doing uh, pachinko, video pachinko games. Oh, so see. they're still in the game business. Um, I did uh, hear from uh, the comic guys, uh, Dave Cook and Steve Gregson, that Evercade just released an Irem's classic. So I believe... Oh. You know, and that's why I say, you know, maybe, maybe it's possible. Maybe something will happen, but I'm just not aware of it. They don't have to come to me and say, Hey, we want to
0: do this. Right. You know, they,
1: they basically can do whatever they want.
0: So how did this uh, comic book come about? Did they approach you or is this something that you went to them with?
1: Right. So uh, Dave Cook and Steve Gregson. Uh, They're the the comic guys. They, uh, Dave, actually, I had known for quite some time, we did an interview with Retro Gamer many years ago on Ninja Baseball Batman. And so he rang me up one day and said, hey, um, uh, Steve and I would like to uh, do a comic based on the character. Uh, And I said, well, you know, that's great. I said, the only problem, Dave, is that we can't use the Ninja Baseball Batman title. Mm. And so Steve... And, and, and Dave, um, they loved the property so much that they said, OK, we'll, well, we'll work around it. And so that's how the
0: spirits came to be. Very, very cool. And at the time of recording, um, at least I think I checked it yesterday, the Kickstarter was very, very close to being yep. um, successfully funded. So, um, yeah, definitely if you're interested in, you know, retro video games, if you love ninja or baseballs or baseball bats, um, you should definitely check out this Kickstarter. Uh, the comic looks fantastic. I love that you, you get a little bit more of a backstory on all the ninjas and, uh, they, they threw in some other characters, right? Some kind of cheerleader cheer squad or something like that.
1: Yeah. We have quite a few surprises, uh, introduction of some new characters, um, and the guys really you know we you know when i first started with this i, I was in 1991 i was dreaming of comic books t-shirts you know <laughs> uh cartoon i mean i was thinking all of that and right you know when i when i um had the conversation with uh, dave and steve their vision was for this to be more than the comic book and mm-hmm. and you know to your point they really did a great job. I mean, I'm so proud of what they did. And one thing, Ben, I have to say, uh, throughout this whole Ninja Baseball Batman experience, it, it's not all me, and you know, all about me because all right. all I did was create these characters. The guy, everything that the guys, the players review about the the game itself, that was all done by Ira. Lem- So those guys are the real heroes in this. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, you know, I kind of maybe lit the spark, hit the spark, maybe, uh, but they really took it to to be what what it really became. And and that's the way I feel with Dave and Steve.
0: Is that this is a
1: a launching pad for something even bigger?
0: Right. Yeah. Well, that's great. I mean, it's it's very cool that there's so many people out there that want to keep ninja baseball batman's legacy you know intact and the fact that you're still um open to talking about it and uh you know you have uh, your website is actually ninja baseball right if people want to check that out yes it all is. right we we will uh make sure to include some uh links in the uh, description of this episode as well as a link to the kickstarter thank you so much for coming on the show today uh we really appreciate it
1: Ben, thank you for having me, and, and thanks for the interest and in, in keeping it alive.
0: Absolutely. That is going to wrap things up for this bonus episode. If you'd like to hear more bonus content, consider joining the Memory Card Patreon, where you can access exclusive, early, and ad-free episodes all year round. Plus, we also give out stickers. If you want to check that out, head on over to patreon.com slash memcard That's patreon.com slash m-e-m-c-a-r-d. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to go work on my baseball swing. Uh Uh-oh.